That's like God is love. And so through the ability to live in loving relationships, it's just tasting what is the greater reality of, of his unconditional love to us, right? So what we say is love is a choice mm-hmm. and this is a decision. And what if you what if you decided that you love one another? And what if you started serving one another? Because I can tell you, right, when you, you know, we're called to pray for our enemies and those who are persecuted and that kind of thing. And when you start to do that, and when you start to pray for, for those that you're frustrated with or pray for it, the walls become, the, they start to come down. No, you're the bride of Christ. Yeah. All right, well, as you're listening to this podcast, I'm on my sabbatical because we're shooting this ahead of this Sunday, this conversation. Looking forward to it. We'll be looking back to it when this is released uh, on marriage. But first, let's get, you know, one of the things we didn't do in the last podcast, we didn't get the small talk out of the way. Like small talking with you guys. What is the chatter this What's, week? What is the chatter this week? That's a good well, the, question. The, the chatter is the fact that you're gone after Sunday. Yeah. And we're looking ahead two months. I'm, we're, I'm trying to think of I, all the things that we need, Chip and I need to learn before you're well, gone this afternoon or, or I've got, or I've got some issue with this is my last day in the office on the day that we shoot this. And this afternoon, what was added to my calendar as my last order of business is that these stinking new chairs come. <laughs> and I thought for certain that they were going to be delayed until I'm gone. And I've been walking around the office thinking that. And then all of a sudden. Uh, you're not getting out of the office early today, All of a today, sudden, man. we got to recycle chairs and get the old ones out and bring the new ones in and offload a semi. So What I'm a just... providential work. <laughs> Getting that truck up here on the last day you're I'm going to laugh when that when those chairs don't get here till 7 it's good evening. for my humility good for my spirit I already told my wife it says 4 o'clock we're not going to even start and 4.30 would be the earliest that we'll start oh, yeah. unloading yeah like it's just going to bleed into the night and to me it's like yeah hey we're going to have a party hey where's your headspace like heading into your sabbatical honestly man I'm I am very compartmentalized person and mm-hmm. I am fully in work mode right now yeah. as far as <laughs> that's where him and I are so different I really am I I've got a lot of stuff that maybe maybe it's poor leadership or whatever but that I still have to tie up some loose ends and so yeah. I can't afford to check out otherwise I'm not going to have a clear headspace on my sabbatical mm. yeah. yeah I think you and I are similar like that like I didn't think about my sabbatical really fully until day one of my sabbatical mm. I mean I tried to yeah. plan for it yeah but I just am not a person that's able to live in the future. Now, I have planned for it uh, earlier this week. I had a lot of, uh, I mean, I started filling in schedule. But what I do is, I, I so I started to, like, this whole first two weeks are about resting and resetting. Mm-hmm. And so that, so I, I almost have, like, weekly themes. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to have that a... That is such a bad thing. But I don't want to <laughs> have a to-do list. You know, there's a lot of house projects that I want to work on, but I'm refusing to put them on paper. I know what they are, and I'll get to them when I get to them, but the whole objective for me is to not be task-oriented and task-driven. I can appreciate that intentionality. Like, you're setting boundaries for yourself even. And if I know you, which I think I know you a little bit, is that you would compromise, like, you would become imprisoned to that urgency without, Mm -hmm. without setting those intentionality. So hold me accountable right here. My question is, is are you going to continue to share your calendar and 
with us. So what you don't know is that I have a separate calendar that has all of my sabbatical stuff on it that I could show you right now. Oh, so man. I've migrated everything off of my work calendar onto yeah. a family Are you going to calendar. continue to share the calendar of Justin and I? Are you going to look no, at it? Are you going to no, look? No, I yeah. will unsubscribe. Darn it. Yeah, <laughs> because I, I get the notifications. <laughs> Just would, to mess with his mind. start adding things to Worship my plate. Worship pastor yeah. interview. <laughs> ben <laughs> office remodel. I'm I'm leading in two weeks. That's what that's what is on my yeah, calendar. I'll, I'll be back. If I see Justin on the worship calendar, lead in worship, I'll be back. <laughs> no, that's good. I, I Listen, if you were going to tell me you were going to keep it on there, I was going to tell you, <laughs> You're gonna you can't do that. Off the no, table. No, you cannot I, wonder yeah. about what's going on. Uh, that's what I did last year. I'll remember Monday to and unsubscribe, a lot of, and I will. And a lot of things, I yeah. I did not worry I'm about. I'm going to put it on my on. calendar yeah. as an event. Ben, unsubscribe from these emails, yeah. uh, from this calendar. <laughs> now, I want I want assurance from Justin, though, because Chip, a lot of times, he'll just say, I've got it. And then, and I know what that means. So I just need some assurance from you. That, that you're going to help kind of fill in the gaps. Of the, <laughs> so what he does is he says, where I know he's lacking, like in the creative space mm-hmm. of like, you know, de, you know, graphic design yeah. and a lot of these things, he'll just say, I've got it. <laughs> and it worries me. He's going to go but, back So I just need July. your assurance hey, knowing that. I'll do what I can. That's, <laughs> that's, that's all I can give you. <laughs> but we all do that, right? Oh, yeah. It's fun. It's all, it's all in good fun. But thanks for indulging me on the small talk. As we open this oh, yeah. final podcast before we're not going to have it for two months, man. That's right. That's right. So I'm I'm eagerly though waiting. I do subscribe to this podcast, so I, I will listen <laughs> That's good. to there the one go. that we'll, YouTube we'll inside his head that eventually. YouTube produce. I will we listen just need to, to that. Like, talk in very vague uh, things next podcast. Man, this week was fantastic, Huge wasn't it? It was. Things are going so down many great here. things. Now you asked me, and <laughs> I'm gonna ask changes the same thing. are uh, yes. just right around the corner. Do you remember the one thing you told me before you went on your podcast? Before don't you went on change your, anything. Don't start anything new. Yep. That's what you told me. Hey, when Chip was on, you know that about me. When Chip was on sabbatical, half of his office disappeared. So I'm just letting you know. You know what? It's free game. Whatever's left in this office, I know better. Whatever's <laughs> left in this office, I don't care. You can, you know, it's, it's for your resource. Dude, we've got a nice uh, yeah. fireplace now. Oh, oh yeah. For yeah. auction oh, yeah. for somebody else. You're just assuming the furniture will be still be in here, and I'm not going <laughs> to take it with, you. with me because I don't trust you guys. <laughs> so this. Lo- change the locks. This conversation is a fun one. I'm grateful to be a part of it, not because I have it figured out, but because I have a lot to learn mm-hmm. about it. And so, so last week we, we talked about discipleship and just at the core of our being and the, at the core of, of who we are in, in single, singleness, in uh, marriage, in family life. The, the root of all of that is to become an image bearer of Christ, and we do this through discipling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this week, uh, marriage, Yep. Paul's got a lot to say, Chip's got a lot to say. Let's hear about it. I don't know if Chip has a lot to say, but one of the things I've been thinking about is if everything that God created was to help us become an image bearer, right, to restore Mm -hmm. the garden, so to speak, uh, the role that marriage plays in that is is primary, right? Um, Absolutely. I think experientially in my own life, the relationship of marriage 
has given me a taste of what is the greater reality of relationship with God. So let me just, let me share this simple thing. Uh, I'm kind of a private person by nature. Um, I do a lot of thinking and a lot of my, I, li- I live in my own headspace, my own world. I'm okay with that. I'm not the kind of person that needs to talk to other people about what I'm thinking. I just like to think. Mm-hmm. I like to talk, but I like to just think. But what happens is, is I was stunted in what it means to experience intimacy hmm. for whatever reason. But now living 18 years in a relationship with someone and opening up more and more to know and be known by this person that I've grown to trust, that loves me, that I now know loves me on my worst days, loves me in spite of my flaws, loves me when I say dumb things or do dumb things. It's opened me up to intimacy. And that has helped me in my relationship with God to experience intimacy with Him. And so oftentimes we, we, we kind of say, get intimate with God so you can be intimate with other people. But I think a lot of times we don't know how to be intimate with God. We just don't. It's an unseen, like, mm-hmm. it's actually the relationships on this earth that can give us a taste. For me, it's almost like working backwards. That marriage has actually helped me to open up as a, as a person mm. and to, to embrace know and being known and yet still being loved. Yeah. And my wife is an image bearer of Jesus in so many ways. Mm-hmm. And she has discipled me in so many ways in, in understanding intimacy. And so what God did when he created this dynamic of it's not good for man to be alone, um, the relational nature of, of who we are, um, it's a beautiful thing that actually can draw us to the greater intimacy of him. That's neat. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I think you touched on something I've been feeling for mm-hmm. a while because, you know, we would joke about plans for the sabbatical and intimacy was a priority for me. Mm-hmm. And my Spotify playlist I'm starting, like just some soaking, just kind of re reorganizing some playlists mm-hmm. and like soaking in the goodness of God and drawing nearer to him mm-hmm. is a, is a priority for me being unrushed. Right. And, um, and then also for my marriage. So I, just, I told you, I have a lot to, I tell you, to this, this is just me talking personally, right? Yeah. Like, I don't know if this is any other, I, I'm sure it's a number of other people's experiences. But the absolute power that exists in knowing that someone loves me, mm. like regardless, if I don't, perf- you know, if I, mm-hmm. if I, if I fail, if I, like, to be loved in that way, 
it's just so powerful yeah to say something that you've never said to anybody mm-hmm. and to to know that she receives it and doesn't cast me off mm-hmm. or think less of me or love me less is what i'm saying but that's just a little taste of the father right he gave her that capacity um and so i i think marriage has been a huge teach for me in a lot of areas because it's led me to the fact that that god himself is the perfect Hmm. illustration of the good things i taste in marriage and and other relationships in this world and that's what and that's what paul writes about in ephesians 5 it's the whole the whole idea and the context of that is to be image bearers of the relational dynamic mm-hmm. that he's shown us in this in for marriage. And so you're right. I mean, this is this is spot on. Isn't like my understanding of Ephesians five, I've grown in this a lot, I think, over the last few years, is that actually when he introduces uh, you know, the whole wives respect, husbands love, these these cornerstone mm-hmm. behaviors that are kind of assuming that wives naturally love women are not more natural Mm -hmm. lovers there's exceptions to and that men speak the language of respect and they don't necessarily they need to learn how to love that's why we joke about flowers and remembering days and being nurturing Mm -hmm. but actually these things that we're called to are actually a more vivid are a are supposed to be a teaching moment for all of us to understand the relationship that Christ has with his church. Hmm. Right. Yeah. Like we have a, a bridegroom and we are a bride. Yeah. Uh, that's why when we talk about the church, it, because what does he say? That it might be presented to him. What? Holy. Yeah. That's why I get so frustrated with the church narratives of you just live in your sin and you just are who you are. No, you're the bride of Christ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't want a bride that was sullied by all sorts of other affections. Oh, like yeah. I wanted a bride that loved me, that yeah. was love is a choice, committed to me. Mm-hmm. That's what Christ as the as the groom, the bridegroom is desiring from his bride mm-hmm. is a, 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 a you know a forsaking all others mindset only unto him will I live. You know it's interesting, and I'm I'm very careful to to speak up during this conversation. But it, we talked about what it is if 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 marriage isn't in of itself the picture of Christ and the church. One of the most beautiful things we see in, in Hebrews twelve is for the joy that was set before him. Christ made the intentional decision to pursue the joy that was offered from the church. And so therefore, when we're thinking of the marriage relationship between man and woman, there has to be, in Christ knowing full well that the church was going to be flawed and sinful and broken and would not fully reciprocate, but yet he he intentionally chose to pursue and gave the, himself completely. and gave himself completely so therefore it then leads to reason what this marriage should look like and so often i think um when we talk when we're talking about marriages and you know the reason why so many of them fail to we have to ask ourselves what are we pursuing in those marriages are we pursuing past the flaws past the brokenness past the sins and are we pursuing the long-term joy of what it is to be known and to be fully known and to and to love fully the other person in that marriage. 
and is is one of the you know, live with the end in mind kind of thing. Is my goal to stand before the Lord one of these days and say, I helped mm. my spouse love Jesus yeah. better. And there it is. Is that the there end goal? Mm-hmm. Do I glory in yes. that? Do yes. I want that? Yes. Do I love somebody that I'm called to share life with yeah. together? And, and we talk about this. We joke with you about singleness mm-hmm. and and um, and obviously the scriptures uh, have a have a picture of um, you know like some people their their role in life will be to not experience marriage and to be married to the kingdom Absolutely. in a role way in this yeah. life. But, and so it doesn't, there's not a less than second rate right, right, kind of right. thing. And, and you talked about that Sunday and, and you're exactly right. Like uh, our culture says that, well, if you don't get married, you're missing out on something. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. not, that can't be true. Yeah. But if this is what, like I was designed to walk into in my yep. life called yep. to, um, is that, is my hope with that, that I can be a primary mm-hmm. way. I love this person so much that I draw them to Jesus. And that as is an amazing. Ending. That is beautiful. Mm-hmm. The, because that is a grand purpose that that is greater than anything else in marriage and in family. Are we living into our role and helping someone else discover the love of Christ and then to live that out and to be drawn closer to that, to experience Yeah, that. do I hinder my spouse from Christ. Right. Right. By my actions, my attitudes, cool. selfishness, That's sobering. Yeah, right? Like yeah. these are huge things and obviously none of us can say perfect. Right. Arrived. Yeah. And that's what's great about a marriage too is that the other person knows you're not perfect mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. when you ask this question they're like, well, sometimes it's they still love you anyway. That's that's at the heart of what God does mm-hmm. with us. He loves us in spite mm-hmm. of like you were talking about, and, and and I think it's cool, like you referenced Hebrews chapter 12, because Ephesians chapter 5, when he's talking about bride and bridegroom, mm-hmm. the command to husbands is to love your wife as, as Christ, Christ loved the church, the church, and he did what? Gave himself. Gave himself. Yes. For the yes. church. What is that giving of himself? Exactly. And, you know, I think we often think, you know, if anyone was asked the question, would you ever die for your spouse? I think a lot of the easy answer is like, yeah, I would die for my spouse, but what does that look like on a day-to-day basis in the small things? Would you die things? daily for your spouse? Exactly. How, yeah. do you, how do you die daily in the small things? Because honestly, if you're not willing to die for the small things, why do you think that we can? you would die for the big things? You know what that means for me? That means in the middle of the night, I'm the one that gets up for my kids. Sure. Or I'm the one who's trying to outserve her or to try to do this and that. I mean, and it's, that's what it is. It's the outserving, right? Yeah. Like it's almost, and I'm a very competitive dude. I automatically think, how can I be the better server and i again, challenge couples to that yeah abso- what a good competition to have absolutely is to try to serve one another to the fullest absolutely my my, my unless it becomes a scorecard well, yeah love, well. love keeps no score of wrong <laughs> yeah. um yeah but to a certain extent my my brother gave a talk to the youth just a few weeks ago in regards to and he's like the hypothetical question well what if my spouse what if my partner that i'm in relationship with what if they're not willing to have this competition with me what if they're not thinking i want to outserve isn't that unfair if i have the mentality of i want to outserve but they don't have them and jordan and my jordan my brother's like you're already in the wrong mindset yeah you have to go in saying i'm going to die for my spouse regardless if they're going to die for you read hosea Ex- yeah, exactly i mean you're talking and i'm thinking that relationship there 
and just the the mm-hmm. role that God has with Israel mm-hmm. and how often Israel but he continued and we're not talking about infidelity and all that stuff yeah, but yeah. you 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 get the overall picture of what's going on mm-hmm. yeah yeah um like I, and I think like the mutual submission that happens that's supposed to happen like, yeah I, I I think I'm around a group of guys that that get this I, I enjoy that to, to rub shoulders every week with guys that um, that try to understand how to love their wives and serve their wives mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right And then there's a there's a, a the flip side of my wife rub shoulders with the ladies that that like get like how can I serve mutually mm-hmm. um, serve my husband which is so countercultural. Mm-hmm. Like right now we have this, it's 50 years in the making, this lash of feminism, like um, that, and it seeps into the church. Like, um, well, for the 2,000 years, men told women what to do. Now it's women's turn to tell men take what to seat. do. Take a seat, yeah. That's not true either. And I didn't live 2,000 years ago. So like there's just a sense, the best marriages, you just sense this mm-hmm. like mutual Hey, you do, mm-hmm. I do, we find it, we live in that balance, mm-hmm. and there's so much fulfillment in what it is to model Christ in submitting to one another. But again, wouldn't you say, and we, we talked a little bit about this from uh, our last podcast with family, it takes the intentional communication, it takes intentional living. You can't, we can't allow ourselves to live in the default mode day by day by day, getting becoming imprisoned to the small things that lead simply to impulsive reactions. But it takes it takes the intentionality of saying, no, this is what my purpose is, and I want to live into this, and I want to bring come alongside my spouse in this. Yeah, I saw a list this week as I was studying. It reminded me again, and I might share it Sunday, but you know, the reason why it's so important to continue to date your spouse mm. beyond uh, the, mm-hmm. the marriage day um, there's so many benefits. Yeah. The communication mm-hmm. is the primary one. To have that uninterrupted time to share and blend hearts, to stay on the same page, to hear each other. Um, yeah. Like, it, I mean, I think people think like, well, you date, you continue to date to, to keep the marriage hot and <laughs> stuff like that, right? Like, no. Like, it's way beyond that. How do okay. we continue to be united in heart mind and purpose Mm -hmm. and i i i worry that we don't get this and that couples do not intentionally continue to date one and here's and here's what ends up happening uh i know of couples that and i i'm thinking of one in particular to where they've been married 50 plus years and you know as from the worldly point of view we see that as this amazing accomplishment 50 plus years of marriage but right now, they are extremely bitter. They di- they lived in the default mode day by day, and uh, in their eyes, yes, fifty years—that's an accomplishment. But they they are bitter with one another. They are they have no they have no love towards one another, and it was this prison this prison of living in the default mode of day by day with no intentionality towards one another, mm-hmm. with no mindset of dying to one another. And yeah, we can celebrate fifty years, but what is what good is fifty years if the end if the end is just two 
bitter souls towards one another. And I think right there, that's where we part ways with culture and the remedy to that. Mm-hmm. Because in these in these kind of resolute mindset, right, of they just stay together, the other, the counter to that, the easy one is, well, you know, get divorced, then you'll both be happier and whatever. Sure. And I and to what we say is love is a choice mm-hmm. and this is a decision. Mm-hmm. And what if you what if you decided that you loved one another and what if you started serving one another? Because I can tell you, right, when you you know, we're called to pray for our enemies and those who are persecuted and that kind of thing. Yeah. And when you start to do that and when you start to pray for, for those that you're frustrated with or pray for it, the walls become the, they start to come down. Yeah. Don't you think that maybe that the, the idea of a Christian marriage is not divorcing has made it superficial yeah. and, mm-hmm. and very yeah. shallow Christian marriage is actually serving one another, yeah. working through right. the differences, yeah. coming together, yeah. being Christ to yeah. one another. Yeah. I think our culture is defined. What's well, a good Christian marriage? If you or it's a Christian marriage, if you don't get divorced. No, nope. the first thing I tell couples that come in for premarital counseling is my goal here is not to keep you from getting divorced. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that should be so. That's that's base. Right, right, yeah, right. My goal is to help you find companionship instead yeah. of partnership. Right, right, right. How do you? develop a lifelong companion why does that matter because in that companionship you have the greater capacity to lead each other to be more christ-like and wouldn't you say that's where you discover life and life abundantly it's it's in the serving of one another it's not necessarily in waiting to be served you don't discover life when you wait to be served you discover life in life to the fullest when you learn to serve when you that's and that's dying to yourself on a daily basis in the small things right when you do you talk to you you know I, I've known of couples that they've been in that season and then they, um, you know, there's a heart trans, they meet Christ or whatever, mm. or one of them, you know, um, have, have a Christ encounter and they begin serving and loving the other. Yeah. And just what that begins to do to that marriage and, and what is seen. And at first it's, it's bitterness, it's resentment. Why are you doing this? Why are you yeah. serving me? Why are you loving me different? What's, you know, but then over time, you know, the, the decision to get yeah. up every day to do that, um, the Spirit of God begins to work. And, th- and this is a this is kingdom living. But what's amazing about this is that the science and the secular science, of it, it actually backs this up. Um, the, a renowned researcher, Gottman, he, he, he comes in and he actually quantifies. And it's, it's amazing. He quantifies what a healthy marriage is. And you can be skeptical all you want with this. But it's science that's coming behind this kingdom living, and that he they actually came to this conclusion that it actually takes five to one positive to negative interactions between uh, mm-hmm. between spouses for that healthy marriage to take place. And what what I mean by positive interactions is if one spouse is is entertained or finds something cool or whatnot, and she or he try, tries to draw the attention of the spouse of the opposite spouse, that opposite spouse if they are doing their own thing. A positive interaction would be to lay down their own thing and then to interact with their spouse, no matter how boring or, or dull they may find it, um, but to interact with them in that. And it takes five to one. It's not even one to one, but it takes five to one positive to negative interactions for a relationship to be considered healthy and thriving. Can we clip that up, cut that up, and I'll share that with my wife <laughs> like when i ask you to watch the cardinals with me sometimes yeah. this Here's is what thing, i'm trying though, to like, do i'm thinking the weight of that comment right now right there beyond even my wife of like my kids like they just they're doing the 
it's not impressive stuff, but for mm -hmm. them it is. And right. <laughs> how do I stay engaged yeah. and not dismiss that when they're looking yep. at me and I'm yep. just like, to me as a parent now, I'm convicted to, mm -hmm. to live into that more. Yeah. But back to the topic at hand of, yes. of relationships as, you know, husband and wife. Well, in, in, in regard, in regards to this research, I, there was a, a, a scene that was played out to where if, if for instance, the husband was reading the, the newspaper and he was engrossed in reading that newspaper and the wife then said, Hey, look at this blue canary or whatever. Mm -hmm. Is that, is that same thing out this window? It takes the intentional decision for the husband to lay down, to quote unquote, die to himself, lay down the newspaper and actually engage like and interact with his wife in the midst of this. And I think that's what we're talking about regarding are you, are we willing to die to ourselves in the small things to experience the fullness of what the, this you know, I, I would say offer. this, maybe this is a little challenge. Like it's kind of, kind of easy to know, perceive when marriages are good and when they're bad. Hmm. If you're just a little bit perceptive, hmm. right? Like, I just know if a couple is willing to do that, mm -hmm. is mutual to each other, or if they're not. Um, do you feel that way? Do you oh, kind of get a read I, on yeah, a marriage? Absolutely. Like you can kind of walk away after a little bit and say, uh, uh, something's mm -hmm. just off. Yeah. Well, how much more can our kids, and how much more valuable if we're living in this, yep. is it a template for the world to see? Yeah. yeah. For our communities to see like this all this stuff matters mm -hmm. I, I go back to one instance for me uh, i shared this on a podcast earlier but it was so powerful on sabbatical uh, on a mountain in colorado walking on a saturday night with my wife uh breaking down and just praying together and crying and realizing i could have done that on my own i do that on my own mm. right there was something so powerful about somebody else sharing that load, yeah. sharing where I was at, mm -hmm. coming alongside me, um, and helping me to trust in the Lord, encouraging me to trust in the Lord, being that voice in my, my life, that presence that reminds me of the goodness of God. Um, that's essentially what marriage should consistently do. Because that's vulnerability, it's intimacy, mm. like you alluded to in the onset. Mm -hmm. But then it's also like taking you to a higher purpose. Yeah. Like she continues to remind me, God's good. Yeah. God's going to help you. Mm -hmm. We're going to get through whatever it was and blah, 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 blah. Um, that's the primary purpose. And at the end of the day, when we're old sitting on a porch somewhere, yeah. Um, the, uh, there's a lot of great memories. There's four kids, mm -hmm. hopefully a lot of grandkids mm -hmm. and a lot of great re relational rich things. Yeah. But I think that I want to look at her and her look at me and say, you helped me serve and live for Jesus. Yeah. Right. And that's, that's, th that's the point. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the bigger, the deeper element here is discipleship, right? That's Dis it. Yeah. And edifying one another, strengthening one another. Um, I mean, that's the essence that it's just dovetailing right off. I mean, continuing on, From, you know, yeah. what you've already spoke on that was th the idea of, yeah, everything we do, um, we're image bearers of Christ and we strive to lead others to that. And because, can, yeah, I mean, I just, I mean, can you imagine, can you imagine what it would be to enter into the glorified eternity 
and for the Father to look at you and say, well done, you good and faithful servant, because you, you brought people closer to me. You helped bring people closer to experiencing my love. I mean, is there anything greater there's than not, that? And, and when there's a marriage involved, all of a sudden that spouse, that partnership becomes the primary means by which you then disciple somebody else. Yes. To love them so much that you draw them to the Yes. And, and obviously eternity, I was getting ready to talk about eternity, but there seems to be uh, the, the, the absence of marriage mm-hmm. in eternity, right? Yeah. It, uh, I, mm-hmm. I think. Because your role would have com- been completed at that point in time. If marriage right. and there family are the means to. Or, like Jesus kind of made that. Very so the, the, the relationship changes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yet, the, the, what did you do that was eternal in nature in that relationship exactly. here? Exactly. That matters above everything yeah. else. I, I love it. 200 years from now, the thing that matters most to Nicole will be, did I help her love Jesus? And honestly, in hearing in hearing this, you know, from my unique uh, point of view, it, I, and we joke around and we say, like, why why should marriage be attractive to someone like me? What is What, what makes it so special? And to a certain extent, there is... It, it's attractive because it becomes another means by which I get to help and come alongside someone else to help them experience the love of God even to a greater level. Now, yes, I have opportunities to do that now. I do that with our youth. I do that with the adults that we're doing discipleship with. Mm-hmm. But there is something unique about this well, with the marriage. To have that relate, I must say this word, it's, but to have that, to have a relationships where there is complete nakedness before mm. another individual yeah. Yeah. of you know, so much more than physical, but like complete nakedness of yeah. emotion, to know somebody of, yep. Of, um, spiritual, mm-hmm. all, all of those yep. things is, uh, is yeah. A bigger picture of what's, so, it's so, it's I'm so just good. thinking about scripture, like confess your faults one to another, pray for each other that you might be healed. Guess who's modeled that most in my life? <laughs> my wife. Yeah. My wife has helped me be healed of things because I, I had a platform to confess things to her. Yeah. She, we prayed about it. Yeah. She loved me, and there was healing. Yeah. yeah. And I would yeah. say, Justin, like, even if you're not married right now, you were wired to be relationally rich. Yeah, we all and, are. And, yeah. like, you have to find people to know. 100%. And be known. You have to be known and be known, right? Yeah, this idea. I mean, Maybe. it goes back to it was not good for man to be alone. Yes, this, we have Eve and we have marriage from that. But it doesn't I mean, single or not, it is my responsibility You're to make sure. You're supposed to be relationally rich. Exactly. And I think it's all, all for his glory, right? So, like, I, I think being married reveals another attribute about God to me, an intimate yes. attribute that I have a chance that I that – I, that I saw in a new way mm-hmm. when I was married. And you Having then, kids is, I see it in a new way. Yep. A new when part I, of God, A right? new part of God. The Father. Yeah. And it's then your responsibility in the midst of that because you have a new role to then display that yep. to others around you, your marriage to your kids and your family to the rest of the world. Yeah. Good. Any, any takeaways? Last words, man. No, I just think this came came full circle that marriage actually is an opportunity for us to understand our relationship with God better. 